Uh, Joaquin Phoenix is going to be in the Ridley Scott Napoleon Dynam uh, Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> it's going to be. <laughs> It's Joaquin. No, just fiction. It's Joaquin Phoenix now playing the older version of Napoleon Dynamite. Tina, you fat lard, come get some dinner. Food. Tina. Am I invisible? Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. Let's start the show. Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. And this is episode 231. We almost didn't record this week. Like, literally, I was like, uh, you know, I, I've been having some some issues uh, getting my uh, getting our episodes out on time, so I apologize to anybody who, who listens and looks forward to us having an episode out on a certain day. Uh, I think we used to release on Saturdays, and then that got pushed to, like, eh, sometimes Sundays, and then it was Mondays. Now it seems to be Tuesday is, like, the... Uh, and I'm yeah. happy about it, yeah. because, David, I don't like seeing you stressed out about <laughs> certain deadlines. Yeah, well, I mean, like, Monday, <laughs> but, like, it used to be Monday. Monday night, like for the past couple of weeks, it's been like Monday night ready for Tuesday, and then like you know with 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 moving and like all that stuff and 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 work being so hectic, it's like I get home and then like I I, I still need to like take care of myself and I don't want to sound selfish, but like I, I still need to run with the dog, you know you know dinner, uh you know at some point to to relax and stuff like that. So to like come home, start doing all that stuff, and then jumping right into editing, I start editing around like nine or ten o'clock at night after my wife is kind of like going to sleep and stuff. So that's when I start editing. But the problem is I've been so busy and we've had so much shit to do that like I'll start editing from like nine to 10. And next thing I know, I wake up and it's seven o'clock in the morning time to get ready for work. Like I've fallen asleep mid edit like so many times. So uh, I'm just I'm just issuing an apology and asking everyone to just kind of like stay patient with me. The end is fucking nigh like we're, we're almost in our new house a uh, couple more weeks we'll be in our new house uh we once once we settle into the new house we can resume the the, the recording schedule and 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 getting the editing done in yeah, a I'm timely excited. manner but this week jay now that now that I'm done apologizing, groveling on my knees, uh, now that now that that's over, we're gonna do this week a little different. Uh, this is kind of like another relaxed fit episode because we don't have like any big reviews to do or or a top five or anything like that. Uh, but we've been putting news at like the end of the episode. I decided like, well, that's this week. Let's let's do news up front, and then me and Jay will do a, you know, what are you watching? Where we are gonna get into the boys season two. Uh, so we'll we'll, we'll kind of talk about it. Uh, it's mostly spoiler free, but we will probably have a a spoiler warning in there somewhere. Uh, it's been you know the season finale. It's 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 a week old. So uh, <laughs> in nerd time. That's, yeah. that, that's ancient. You know, we've all moved on to something else by now. Still uh, have to respect the audience. Yeah, you never yeah. know. So our spoilers won't be won't be too crazy. Uh, and then uh, I watched Bly Manor uh, on Netflix. Mm. Uh, the entire the entire uh, second or second season, I guess, or series, whatever you want to call it. So we'll have some impressions on that, and I will have a review for a indie comedy uh, that was a a selection from Sundance, and it's called Save Yourselves. So we'll have a brief five minute ish review for that but jay before we get over there and start talking about all the good shit that we think you should be checking out it's time to get into some news for it first news story all right this is a film that's been on your radar uh because it's written and directed by adam mckay and it already had cast one of your favorite little boy toys dimity (laughs) jamais 
yeah, this yeah. is so true. It's already been on your radar, but I think it's now starting to come on everyone else's radar. Uh, the film is Don't Look Up which will follow a pair of astronomers who are trying to warn the planet of a giant meteorite that will destroy the planet in six months. Now, this is a Netflix original movie. Yes. And they have just cast Leonardo DiCaprio in it as well. So, it, it, I mean, honestly, I can't tell whether it's a comedy. It seems like it's going to be a bit of a comedy. It's it. IMDb says it's a comedy. Um, I'm I'm thinking, yeah, I do believe it's going to be, you know, of think, think Anchorman, but this, <laughs> but like more like space and and you know worldly and um. You know, maybe a little bit of a thriller esque feel at times, but I think it's going to be straight faced, but like a lot of comedy elements thrown into the I, movie. Look, I'm, I'm I'm trying to put Leonardo DiCaprio in <laughs> in Ron Burgundy's role. I can't do that. Mm. I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch is got scotch. Here it goes down, down into my belly. Gentlemen, you have my curiosity. Now you have my attention. <laughs> I, I can't imagine it either. But at the same time, look at the last one he did, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. There was there it's was true. some fun. You could tell. You, you can kind of feel like he has some comedy stuff in him. Now, you know, slap a mustache on him. Maybe he can look like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, the one thing is, like, Leo would not take this role if he was not confident. Because, you know. He's very selective, and he does not ever want to put in. Well, a I think a lot of his buddies have now worked with Adam McKay as well. Because didn't didn't Adam McKay True. also do uh, the Big Short? Wasn't that also Adam McKay, or was that? Uh... Yes. Okay. Yes. So, yeah, he wrote I mean, and directed it. Yeah. So so I think I think like a lot a lot of his friends in the industry, like the people that he he's worked with in the past and stuff, people he he probably trusts to work with have worked with him and. It's uh, you know oh, all, all actors love Adam McKay. Yeah, I it's mean, it's it's incestuous over there. So uh, yeah. this this has a star-studded cast. It's Leonardo DiCaprio, Timothy Chalamet, Jennifer Lawrence, Kate Blanchett, the ever wonderful Meryl Streep, Jonah Hill, Matthew Perry, Ariana Grande, and uh, Himish Patel. Now Himish Patel, uh, he's not like a recognizable name yet, but this dude's been it. Like he was in Yesterday uh, in 2019, which is the the movie about. A guy who is the only person that remembers the Beatles and then goes and writes all the Beatles songs and becomes like super famous. Um, but he was just also in Tenet uh, as in a supporting role, and now he's going to be in this uh, with Adam McKay. So the dudes, dude stars on the rise, and then uh, Kid Cudi is also going to be in it. So it's definitely a movie that I'm excited for. I'm actually excited that it's coming to Netflix because given our conversation last week, I'm okay with with not the theater experience, especially for a film like this. Yeah, I'm, I agree with that, and I don't think it needs a theater experience and I'm excited. It's a hell of a cast. It's an insane cast. So it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Next news story. RJ, Joaquin Phoenix is going to be in a Ridley Scott epic. And he will be playing Napoleon, apparently. Look, Joaquin, here's the thing. You're short, you're angry, and you're bitch of a fucking wife. You're that cunt. She's taking you for all you're worth. She's got expensive taste. You're going to have to sell Louisiana. You're pissed. Now show me. <laughs> I, I really don't want this movie. I just don't. I don't think Ridley Scott wants this movie. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but, I mean, he, he did Alexander, right? That was Ridley Scott. You know, that turned out great, right? Was that really? I'm pretty sure Alexander. Oh, no, that was Oliver Stone. Oliver Stone. Okay. That's right. All right. Well, that's you, right. The you other, could... yeah, that's his bastard brother. <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> I mean, they're they're like two shades of the same coin, you know. It's true. It's, like, it's true. It's so funny. Um, but you know, oh, oh, you know what? Oh, Oliver Stone did that. Oh no, I'm sorry. Uh, really, Scott did that horrible God's um, Exodus or something like that. Exodus, Ex- Exodus, God's and, God's and something. <laughs> it was oh, so, Jesus. It, it, was, it was so bad. It was, it was Joel. So Kenne- uh, Joel. Joel. Oh God, I'm I'm sorry, everybody. Blanking. <laughs> It's it's okay, it's okay. I, but I anyway, it was a terrible movie. Yeah, terrible. I don't, I don't think anybody it was was uh, really caring whether you could remember Exodus Gods and Kings or not. <laughs> but 
Uh, it was an awful movie. But then he also did like, uh, what did he do Noah? Like, didn't he do Noah as well? Or no, nah, that's Darren Aronofsky. That's Darren Aronofsky, right? No, he did Robin Hood. So see, there's uh, just Ridley true. Scott is is now synonymous. He has to stay away from known fucking properties i he think just the thing is do like, his own thing original stuff ridley scott is now so similar to the people who who used to ape ridley scott <laughs> that we just can't tell his style anymore uh if he even has one uh i'm just uh, yeah i really don't care about a napoleon epic um i understand that napoleon is you know he's he's an extremely misunderstood uh figure in in history you know like first off he, he wasn't he wasn't short like that's just that's just propaganda that that the British you know threw on him and stuff like that. He was the emperor of a country. It, it, that was just propaganda, and and he didn't win that war. So of course, like the, you know, the victors are the ones who write history. Mm-hmm. So he gets painted in, in a bad light. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm 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 sure he was he was awful, but I also feel like every person in power, you know, prior to. I don't know the 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 1900s maybe was was a pretty awful person. <laughs> I just I just get the feeling like like behind every leader there's a, there there's a dark sinister side and you know it, it, I guess it'll be somewhat interesting but I think the only draw here it's it's not Ridley Scott it's Joaquin Phoenix like that's the draw. Oh without a doubt I mean Joaquin as everybody knows I mean he he's just like I said about Leo he always delivers he's always coming to any project giving it 110 percent so we'll see you know at this point i'm so nervous about next year actually the next two years because we're gonna have so much content and there's gonna be so many great things out there where you're not going to be even excited about hearing about new projects because there's going to be so many projects around every single corner oh yeah you're sure you're not excited for new projects because next news story all right, Jay, new project that we knew was coming, but has now been, it's, it's, it's been official for a while, but the casting is now official. It's George Miller, who I feel like Ridley Scott wishes he was at this point mm. <laughs> now, and it is the Furiosa movie, uh, and it finally has cast, uh, officially announced that Anya Taylor-Joy will be playing Furiosa. Yeah, I mean... I I always figured that that's what was happening anyway. I I didn't know it was actually such a big rumor. But yeah, yeah, I mean, we reported I mean, on I, it a long I'm time ex- ago that yeah. that was like that they were looking at her and like more than likely she was going to be cast. This is it's now official that that she's been cast. But like I, I as I look it up on on IMDb, what I see it, it it's not called, you know, it's it's an untitled George Miller, you know, Furiosa spin-off. But if you look further up on Anya Teller Joy's IMDb, there's also Mad Max: The Wasteland, and that has Tom Hardy, Anya Teller Joy, Chris Hemsworth, and Yaha Abdul Mateen II in it. Huh. Just like the untitled Furiosa spinoff. I don't know which one's coming first. I'm assuming the Furiosa spinoff is coming first, uh, but that will also have Chris Helmsworth and Yaha Abdul Mateen II. So time will tell. But I am excited for more Mad you, Max universe. Yeah, I mean, I, I am too. I'm just, you I'm, know, I'm excited for more George Miller. Like, come on. I know. I can't believe he's still alive. <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> You're like all those people who are like George R. R. Martin needs to finish the Game of Thrones Dude. novels because he he's gonna die. <laughs> A few years ago, I saw him. He looked like death knocking on the door. Like it was just who George Miller? Yes, or George Railroad Martin? <laughs> Which George one? Miller? Okay, George Miller. I I, I just yeah I I, Look, I just know he's way up he there. He does he does a lot of However, filming in the desert and and the dry true. weather. It, it, it's got it's longevity. Good. Just look at mummies. <laughs> <laughs> just look at mummies you know they, they don't go away yeah, uh, but point. no i mean i'm excited for this i'm excited for for something more in in the mad max universe even if it doesn't necessarily have mad max in it while i love the character i think it's the world and it was why it was in our our, our dystopian futures lists it was on both of our lists um because we just love that world and i think yeah. anya taylor joy is it, she's a nice pick to play like a younger version of Furiosa. I, I, I like I that agree. Pick. I would like to see her be a little bit more, um, I guess you could say active. You know, so many of her characters and roles are so passive they, and blase, like well, about everything. No, no, they utilize her face so much. So there's so many close up shots of her. I want to see her like with a wide shot 
act, you know, no, not limited cuts. You know, I want to see her actually perform. That's a better term. I want to see her perform on screen a little bit more. Well, this is a Mad Max movie, so don't expect like a whole bunch of dialogue i mean i don't think tom hardy i don't think tom hardy said more than like two or three lines so yeah we'll see how it goes next news story well speaking of things that won't die jay this is something i think we've all thought would be coming back at some point and now it seems it officially will be coming back you know i i i gotta think that something along the lines of el camino like the breaking bad movie coming right coming out has and and it's at least critical success have something to do with this uh michael c hall is returning for a limited series run of dexter 10 episodes they're going to close out Dexter's story as if they didn't already close it out um I think that the reason for doing this though is that it was so fucking piss poor the way that that series ended like I I liked that series uh, you know seasons one two three four was you know all right well you know we started going downhill and it was diminishing returns which each with each uh, subsequent season after that and, and by the time we got to the final season and you know I, if you haven't watched it i'm super sorry for spoiling a show that that ended 10 years ago with the whole like he just drives his boat off into a hurricane and like you watch it capsize and then you know they fade to black and all of a sudden he's fucking up in some logging mountain town okay it's so weird yeah it's it, it's just like what was the point like i you know i understand why he was killing himself the police were onto him they knew that he was the bait butcher i believe his sister was dead and or paralyzed or or whatever she was and he was somewhat to blame for that you know he didn't have a whole lot going for him anymore so yeah you know it was yeah. like okay a fitting end you know the, the the killer takes himself out of the equation but they they had to go ahead and say nah dexter lived which was like this dick tease for people who really did love the show where they're like uh, 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 okay what now? It's like Jesse Pinkman getting the keys and driving away. You know, I mean, I think when we watched Breaking Bad, we all went, okay, where's Jesse going? You know, we didn't know where Jesse was going. And he was such a big part of the series that we cared. And now when Dexter ended, we were all just like, okay. But I think I was so exasperated by, it's by so the whole. It's so different, though, Dave. It's it so is. different. It was, it, 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 yeah, Breaking Bad went out on top. Dexter went out with a whimper. You know, it was just, right. it, just it just wasn't worth it. But the interesting thing is, um, I'm not sure whether he was in Canada or a Alaska, but if if they're gonna pick up with him like in Alaska, like like in a logging town in Alaska, Alaska is actually, I believe it's the serial killer capital of the United States. Really? Like, there's gonna be more serial killers than he can shake his fucking axe at. <laughs> so <laughs> it's very possible that that's what could wake him up. Well, you think about Alaska, vast wilderness, plenty of places to hide a body. Most uh, pe- most people I that mean, come to Alaska are transient. Right. You know, they're coming up from 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 the Pacific Northwest, and they're coming in from Canada. They're working on oil rigs, or they're working they're working yeah. in timber. They're or you know they're Scary. working out in the bush. Um, and and you definitely need to own a gun if you're in Alaska. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like a, a thing that like a lot of people don't don't realize is like because there's these men coming in to do these jobs and then they're, they're kind of transient there's also sex workers coming in from other places and sex workers are kind of seen as like the less dead in, in the police's eyes you know there, there's no one really looking for a sex worker who's gone missing so it, there's plenty of people up there to prey on and it, it's kind of draws in that that type of person so serial killers you know tend to like alaska and i something tells me that a serial killer of serial killers is it, it i mean it, it it's basically scrooge mcduck just diving into his vault of coins for dexter he could probably suppress that killer instinct for so long but eventually he's just gonna have to dive in and and start killing again and, and i think there is an interesting story there to tell because now it's going to be more character focused it's going to be about dexter it's not going to be about all the bullshit that was going on around them down in miami I agree. I which, agree. which i think is what ultimately started bogging the show down right it built up to so many characters where uh, after all that time you had yeah, to I give got, each character their their due. I got tired of caring who Deb stories. was fucking. I got tired of right. of caring that Angel Batista just got fired or or or, or Laguerta's blackmailing this person. It's I didn't care about that shit. I signed on to watch a TV show about a serial killer who kills serial killers. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, you know, I still really enjoyed the series quite a bit. Um, I, I obviously did not like the ending, but you know, I think they can write the wrongs. I think it's been long enough away from the series finale. 
and you know it's a mini series, so it's going to be you know probably six, yeah, episodes. Ten. And it's ten. Oh, they said ten. Yeah, okay. I said ten. Um, so. Yeah, that's a lot of episodes, and I think they have a lot of room to work with and fix you know the issues that they had going going out last time yeah the nice part is i don't have showtime but showtime has a deal with netflix that like a, a year after a, after something's come out it goes to netflix so uh, this is something i can oh, probably no, no, no. i i would pay the three months or whatever it would no, take no. to watch this fucking show live oh, wait. i can't wait i can't wait or i'll just use or i'll just use your 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 login yeah i'm too big of a dexter fan i can't i can't wait next news story all right, Jay, uh, to no surprise to anybody, Eddie Murphy's Coming to America 2 is going to go direct to Amazon Prime in December. I don't think this movie was going to do gangbusters in the box office, and I think this is an appropriate place to, to put it. I agree. I don't know if you know if Eddie Murphy's happy about it, right? but I, 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 I like I said- I'm sure Amazon Prime is very happy about I'm it. I'm sure Amazon <laughs> Prime is ecstatic with this. It's, yes. it's a big draw. I mean- for, as far as like prime movies go, they don't have a lot going for them. Netflix no. kind of cornered the market on on a lot of things. Like I look, we talked about it when we uh, when we reviewed what is it seventy five hundred that 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 Joseph Gordon Levitt movie. Like that's where they should be playing with like their movies. They should be trying to knock it out of the park with smaller right. features. Well, see, this is this is the issue, Dave. They didn't put out enough movies in general. And what they did was they were the more uh, streaming, theatrical-friendly platform other than Netflix. Netflix was not. Netflix was the put it into screens for maybe two weeks, New York and L.A., and that's it. Amazon was like, look, we're all about the theater experience. We're going to try and put it out in theaters as much as possible, but yeah. we definitely want a streaming as well as quick yeah, as possible. Yeah, we just possible. want exclusive. So, it was, I think it right. was like three months. Exclusive, I think. yeah. I yeah. think like the big sick was out in the theaters for like three months and then it came to Amazon Prime. So um, that, that that seems to be their model. So, uh, you know, I, I just kind of wish more more people jumped on it. I wish Amazon Prime had more films on it. Original films, like films I can't get anywhere yeah, else. But stuff, since the pandemic, you know, it's not it's not worth it for Amazon, especially to put something out in theaters because right. financially they can't afford that. They're, they're better off just putting it on streaming. Next news story. RJ, what do you think about this? Not long after Robert Downey Jr. Uh, gracefully, I'll say, bows out of the MCU and says au revoir. And uh, with his final I am Iron Man, snaps his fingers and just fades away. Uh, and he now wants to jump headlong into another cinematic universe. He would like to build a Sherlock Holmes cinematic universe. I mean... How does that work? I'm wondering. What other what other characters I, you know, from Sherlock Holmes do we want to follow that aren't Sherlock Holmes? Because we just got Enola Holmes. It was fun. It was it was fine. But like, I, we're we're gonna do that again, but with Robert Downey Jr. this time, or 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 like, is this just a way of saying like, no, I want to do three more. I want to do three more Sherlock's. I'm cool with that. Yeah, go nuts. But what what does cinematic universe mean for a Sherlock Holmes? Like, are, are we going to open it up to, like, all of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's uh, characters? Are we going to get, like, Sherlock Holmes meets Tarzan? <laughs> like, I just, I, I, I just want to know because I, I, I don't understand. Like, are, are we going to get a Watson solo movie? That's boring. <laughs> That's boring right there. Yeah, I, I, I just don't want this. I, I don't need it. You know, I think no. I like a, a Sherlock Holmes esque film every once in a blue moon, but I don't want to get bombarded with this shit. We know he said he wants to do a third, right? Like, like, like he wants right. to do a third movie. Right. That that that's great. But then, like, is it is, after the, after a certain point, is it really a Sherlock Holmes cinematic universe, or is it just like a Victorian London <laughs> cinematic universe? Like, are we just gonna get like a Jack the Ripper movie, and then like I don't know, like like where where do you go with this? And, yeah, I I feel like in a lot of ways he probably misspoke. Yeah, uh, but no, it does hopefully. say a cinematic universe with multiple spinoffs. Oh gosh, actually, yeah. Oh. Like what spinoffs? Uh, look, I've read some of Sherlock Holmes, but I'm I'm pretty fucking ignorant to it for the most part. But really, like when I read a Sherlock, I'm crossing Holmes, my fingers that COVID fucks us in the ass. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I just don't want it to happen. I, but, I really don't. Right, but when I think about Sherlock Holmes, like I I think about. Sherlock fucking Holmes, you know. I don't think about like a Dr. Moriarty movie or or, or or anything else. I'm just I'm just confused by the concept, and it sounds a lot like I mean it, the the universal like monster universe that they're the their dark universe that 
was more baked than this. Like this is half baked at best. Right. Right. Yeah. And and guess what? Especially with theaters. Are you kidding me? You want this to be a theater experience? No way. Nobody's I don't know. It doesn't, be it doesn't say side. that. It doesn't say no, that. Well, okay. Now, if you're going to be doing that shit on Netflix, perhaps, maybe, maybe. But you really hit it, you know, in in, in the jugular with Enola Holmes. I mean, that's exactly what they, they wanted to do. It was a little bit bloated, but it was exactly the way they wanted to, to make the film. And it was a lot of fun and it was enjoyable. And it was a different spinoff of the Sherlock Holmes-esque films. Right. And, you know, it worked. But, you know, with, with the Jude Law, Robert Downey Jr., you know, saga with, uh, I, I just, you just don't want, I, I don't think this is necessary. I really just don't. I, I would yeah. like to see a third movie. I would. I'd like to see a conclusion, a good a good one. And and that's all I need from them. I, I don't need any more. Next news story. All right, Jay, there is a new DC television series that has been greenlit for HBO Max, and I and I actually have HBO mm. Max, Jay. I Good have job. it now. Um, yeah, I'm 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 one of. It's a great app. It's a great one. I'm one of the bigger people. You know, I feel better. Like yeah. I feel I feel I feel more more worldly now that I have HBO Max. <laughs> he is one of us. He is one of us. They have greenlit a Green Lantern Corps television series. Now, previously, we all had thought that the Green Lantern Corps was going to be a film and they were going to start sowing the seeds for it in Snyder's original Justice League because there was going to be uh, there was Green Lanterns in it but well and also let, yeah let's reiterate this is live action this is not animated so yeah this right. is a live action series but one of the things that 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 I find most interesting about it is first off it's going to be a Berlanti production Berlanti production is the one that does all of the the uh, the, the Titans uh series that is that is on I guess it'll be on HBO Max now as well but it's also on the DC Universe app I believe it's also involved with Doom Patrol but then he's also done you know the Arrow series the Flash series Black Lightning Legends of Tomorrow all those all those CW shows all the DC basically shows are through Berlanti Productions and they claim that this is directly from them. It'll be a bold adaptation of iconic comic book franchise, a saga spanning decades and galaxies. Green Lantern will depict the adventures of a multitude of Green Lanterns, including Guy Gardner, Jessica Cruz, Simon Baz, and Alan Scott. Earth's first Green Lantern, who true to the comics, is a gay man, and many more. The series will also include the fan favorites such as Sinestro and Kilowog, and will also introduce you to new heroes of the in the, new heroes in the ranks of the Green Lantern Corps. Now, that's all very interesting. I, I, I kind of like what they're saying here. It, it, it's not going to focus on one specific character. Like I'm kind of picturing like a a space detective drama, like 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 a like like a space yeah. Law and Order. You know what I mean? Like because that's what the Green Lanterns are. They are they are a police right. force for right. for space. But in those names that they mentioned for the Green Lanterns from Earth, Guy Gardner, Jessica Cruz, Simon Baz, and Alan Scott, they 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 missed the two, three technically like big names for Green Lantern in the comic books. Where's where's Hal Jordan? Where's John Stewart? Where's Kyle Rayner? Like the those those guys were, like uh, those were the ones that those are the Green Lanterns I grew up with. I know Guy Gardner has always been out there, and Simon Baz is kind of like the newer Green Lantern and stuff like that, but. Where are those guys at? Because like th- that that's the story we've all been waiting for. And I wondered like, are they saving them for a movie? Like, are is is this because because we know that the Batman's coming out, but we also know that there's going to be a GCPD series coming out, uh, which will be which will basically be also on HBO Max, and it's kind of like a companion series. Is this? the series before the film but also like a companion to a green lantern film that could be coming out at some point <sighs> i where they're right. saving their their big names like how jordan and, and john stewart for that yeah i i'm not exactly sure how they're gonna I, you know i'm not the best one to talk about green lantern we have a friend no, who no, has if there's, if, all the knowledge in the world about green lantern and and he can have uh the the spotlight for this category but i don't really know i'm excited i'm intrigued but i want to know what duty thinks of this because i know duty is a massive yes. green lantern fan. he's got a so, fresh tattoo yeah i'd like i'd like to see what what, what mr dutrum thinks of uh, of a uh, green lantern series coming to hbo max and specifically i want to know what the 
the lack of you know the, basically the two big Green Lanterns, John Stewart and Hal Jordan. You know what what that means for the series. Would you be disappointed if they're not in it? Yeah, you know, and, and not just duty. Anyone sure. else? Reach out to us. Let us know. Next news story. RJ, final news story. This is all but confirmed, but still very much in the rumor mill category. I assume that this is rumor because there's not quite ink dry on contracts yet, and Sony is probably a little gun-shy in announcing officially, but all reports are pointing to that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield will both make appearances in Spider-Man 3. And also... Supposedly, Spider-Man 3 may quietly already be filming in Queens, New York, as we speak. Yeah, I mean, I'm okay about it. I'm okay. I mean, I'm intrigued. It'd be kind of fun. It'd be exciting to see in theaters. Um, well, if you're universe hopping, that's kind of fun, yeah. right? I mean, there's also rumors out there that they are casting a Miles Morales as well. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Possibly even like an older Miles Morales and a younger Miles Morales. Now, that's that's far further up, you know, the the rung of the of the rumor mill than this is. But supposedly Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield are are basically on board. And if this is a multiverse, you know, traveling Spider-Man, it, it kind of makes sense. I and and I like it. I'm I'm not against it. I like bringing it all in. I'd like to get Sam Raimi just to just to direct all the Toby Maguire scenes. <laughs> <laughs> or just have him dancing nonstop. Oh God. Just have him direct just a tip. Yeah. Just 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 give, yeah, just, just give us just, you know. Let's just, yeah. just to see how it feels. Now, Fifteen years exactly. after it came out. Yeah. Let's 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 see if the dancing because yeah. now now like the the you know the dancing Spider Man meme from, from Spider Man yeah. three has been around so long and that it's come full circle that it's so bad that we all love it. So if we saw it in this movie, we would fucking cheer. I mean people cheered when they saw it in uh when I saw Into the Spider Verse in the theater and Peter Parker was walking down the street dancing exactly like that uh but in a spider-man outfit everyone got it and we all laughed so i imagine they would probably try to go for the same level of comedy with it um but i i I think there's something for the young spider-man to learn from i guess you would say two well at least one seasoned spider-man i would say toby mcguire is a seasoned spider-man i don't know if andrew garfield was he only got two movies toby had three yeah but tom holland's already surpassing him he has two generations that under that that, they're older well that know Angel, Andrew Gar- Garfield as their Spider-Man. You know, that's what we always have to remember. It's a generational thing. It's not generations, Jay. It was five years. It was five years. Tom Holland has now been Spider-Man longer than than, than uh, Andrew Garfield has. Hmm. It was, I guess, pretty quick. Fact. Yeah, two, Fact. Two movies. <laughs> don't, don't, don't fact check me. <laughs> don't fact check. Someone's going to be like, well, actually, <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man came out and and then Amazing Spider-Man 2 came out and, and then Tom Holland's been Spider-Man <laughs> since. It, your math doesn't match up. <laughs> I get it. All right. Uh, but Tom Holland's more loved. We know that. Uh, <laughs> but like, it, so, but like we always said, like, you know, Tom Holland's is our Spider-Man. Like that's, that's who we like. That's who I like in the role. I've liked them more than anybody else. You know, it's, it's not like Batman where like, no matter who plays Batman from here on out, Michael Keaton is always our Batman. You know, it, it, he'll always be our Batman, regardless of of whoever else picks it up. But for Spider Man, I guess like Tom Holland's done such a good job that it's like you know what? And, and I've never liked Tobey Maguire anyway. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know just, what it is. He always had like a what? You know, he's always had like a whiny voice and stuff. Yeah, he was always just well, for me. He just he, he you know he always just seemed too old. You know, I never bought him as a teenager. Yeah, he was 30 in the first one playing a 15-year-old. Right. So, like, I'm not... But, and, like, also, like, the first one, he wasn't 15. He was a senior in high school. The, the, the like, point, they, they rushed him the fuck out of high school. Yeah. They're like, get him the fuck but out the of point, high school. But the point get is, him. like, Tom Holland has that look. You believe him as... Uh, you know, a high schooler, and you believe him as a kid. You know, innocently right, he has going boyish exactly, charm because boyish he's a charm, boy. <laughs> actually, going through these things for the first time and actually being excited and actually getting conflicted feelings as far as his powers and his friends and his family and and what to do with all of this. And you know, it's he he. It's just so well executed. And on top of that, I think the writers are inspired by him as well because they're writing for him. And they know he can pull off a proper Spider-Man and proper Peter Parker. I don't know. The man, the way you're talking, sounds like you might be pulling off the Tom Holland. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) 
it for our news this week. Coming up, me and Jay got our What Are You Watching? As well as a brief review for Save Yourselves. What are you watching? What are we watching? He's trying to watch some illegal channel. Always watching. No, 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 go past this. Past this part. In fact, never play this again. RJ, what you get down to watching this week? Absolutely nothing other than we will talk about the boys. <laughs> Well, let's talk about the boys right now. Boys season two. Awesome. It's wrapped. It's 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 all wrapped up. Nice, yeah. Nice, tight, neat little yeah. bow. And uh, you know, just reflecting on this season now that it's been almost a week since that that, that season ha- has ended, and looking back at the first season, I gotta say, man, the f- like that third episode. That was the pinnacle of this season. That was the height of this season. I agree. I don't think it's. I don't think it quite met that height there was a few moments at the end where i was like fucking hey <laughs> you know what i mean like where you're just oh, like it had yeah. some great things some great zingers a lot of great shots it you really know? did um, here's, here's jerking that, off like, on the fucking <laughs> at the top at the top of the, of the yeah. tower with the moon we're not background. in spoilers yet or i know you just Is said that him, a spoiler so we don't say right. uh. yeah. but uh you know one of the things that like i found interesting was like uh season one loved billy butcher this season deconstructed Billy Butcher. It made the, the the cockney asshole that he was in season one shined a light on who he is and why he is that way and then made you feel sad for him, but also grow to hate him because everyone else is growing to hate him. So it's an interesting thing they did there with that character where they lure you in with his humor and his and his salty nature and and stuff like that. And then they they, they shined like a like like a light on it this season where you're like you thought it was funny, but really it's coming from a place of pain and hate and hurtfulness and people don't like him. He's actually what's wrong with the world. <laughs> it's like, oh because right. he deals in absolutes he deals in black and white you're a soup you're dead why because i fucking hate you that's why and it's like he is he's the problem with the world he's just as bad as the soups are where they right. feel that they're superior right. because of their powers he's the opposite he feels he's superior because he doesn't have the powers right now and, and I, I thought that was extremely interesting you know i wasn't laughing with butcher Towards the end of the season, no, I was just like, "Yeah, he wasn't Fuck you, butcher." Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it, it was interesting to see how that dynamic shifted throughout the season, uh, because yeah, the first season the was loved- just a big ball of fun and and being on his yeah, side and laughing and and just chewing it up. But this really was, you know, I don't want to say drawn out, but like it was fleshed out relatively well, where you could fully understand his whole scope of his life and his ideals and him being conflicted with them sometimes absolutely like i mean right up until like the end where he he kind of makes a decision that i think all of us collectively as an audience are like you're fuck you dude you're a fucking dick yeah and 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 it put you against him you know whether he redeems himself or not that's you know that that's for you to decide i personally didn't think he redeemed himself all that much you know i think you know he did he did just just enough to do the right thing but it's it's you know it's still walking that line yeah still walking that line you know huey you know as a character grew as well i mean he started the season button heads with butcher fucking hating butcher and stuff like that then fell in line but like towards the end you know again he's he's questioning butcher and butcher's rules as well i i I think adding aya cash to the to the cast uh coming in as stormfront and stuff like that it, it was interesting because suddenly all of the superheroes that we fucking hated because of, of, of the shit bags that they were all just seemed like small potatoes compared to her. I can't spoil why, but there's a certain villain in U.S. history that when you mention like them, we're all just like, oh, fuck them. <laughs> You're one yeah. of those? No, no, no I, I'll, I can never get behind you. <laughs> of course, you know, some could argue that our nuclear weapons and our space program were successful because of those people, but anyway uh you know stormfront she she had an interesting dynamic because suddenly it wasn't homelander anymore who was this ultimate big bad he was just kind of like a dickish teenager like homelander was just a a, a kid who was given a, a given a gun and 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 he takes no responsibility with his powers uh but now there's this person who has real plans like 
Homelander was just he's he's the super fucking ego like and that's all he is he's he's a fucking ego he's a personality and he's a piece of shit but storm stormfront comes in and she's a person who has actual plans and ideas and machinations that are put into place that are truly fucking evil yes and suddenly Homelander in comparison you're just like well, I mean, yeah, he, he's a giant fucking tool. He's a fucking dick. We fucking hate him. Stormfront actually wants to <laughs> like do some truly awful well, things. Exactly. She has deep rooted on a mass on a mass scale. Yes. Deep rooted hate uh, towards many people, and you know, is 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 a is a vicious politician of sorts within, like, I guess you could say the the soup world. Um, you know, the way she orchestrates things and manipulates sure. things and, and uses and abuses her powers. Uh, also, what I found interesting was that, you know, throughout this season, the humor, uh, while the, you know, the first couple episodes, I, I, I felt like they, they kept a lot of, especially episode three, they kept a lot of that pace that they had set in the first season. You know, it felt right back, like, like putting on an old pair of jeans, like it felt great getting back into that groove but they slowly again deconstructed that and there was less humor you know as it went along and 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 the humor that was there was a little bit more sick a little bit more twisted a little bit more you know you're you're definitely going down the rabbit hole with the series at, at that point and you know i i liked it i really enjoyed this season a lot but i think ultimately what it comes down to is put both of them up next to each other which one do you like more i like season one more i thought it was just i thought it was better paced uh i thought i thought i thought it had a clearer direction with its story Uh, i think this season meandered with its story a little bit you know they it it seemed like every week it was a new it was a new MacGuffin that they were kind of going for until we finally got the big reveal of who the big bad was and who they really needed to take out this season and then and then it kind of got back on track but there was this period where like episodes four so let's say like six or seven where i kind of felt like the story was was getting lost a little bit and we were just kind of like having fun with the boys Mm -hmm. but i settled in into it pretty well where i was like okay i mean i'm kind of cool with like this is how it goes um we also get some flashbacks as well which was interesting uh some backstories for for all of the all of the characters uh that that are that are a part of you know butcher's boys um well we get a little bit more backstory into billy butcher himself we get a little bit more backstory into mother's milk and into frenchie but i think the person who i found myself and i'm I, i i don't know why but I found myself rooting for this guy so much was Chance Crawford's The Deep. <laughs> yeah. Chance Crawford is definitely, he's got some fun humor in the show. I think it's because I just like him. I just fucking like him. I like him here. I like him in it. I love to hate him. And he well, does such a good job. Well, he of was the being first a one. witless idiot. Right. He was the first character that we were introduced to that were was an obvious complete piece of shit and then immediately since then he's in that redemption card like he's an outcast yeah. he's come completely out there he has to find himself he needs to redeem himself and he, he really tries to he's, change he's in a cult like he yeah. has to join a cult to to find out who he truly was and stuff like that he, he became lost yeah and yeah. but it was it was great fun like watching him throughout throughout the season really and stuff was. like that yeah and it's amazing how they kind of like he he bookended the season it was really <laughs> interesting yeah. Like he, he he had a big role in like the first couple episodes, and then he has a bigger role like towards the end. I was like, that's that's interesting that this character who I assumed after like the first season was just kind of like cast off, and they we were done with. But I really liked that they brought him back, and 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 they 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 keep the character interesting. You know, having him being involved well, with this unfor- Scientology, yeah. pretty much cult. And unfortunately, he has um, superpowers that are very costly for. <laughs> for amazon to produce so you know having some character go underwater or be in the ocean and swim around or something like that it's it's very costly for them to do that so they have to pick and choose how to use him within the within the series as much as possible i'd like to know in in the producers meeting how much did it cost to crash a boat into a sperm whale (laughs) 
That all right, we got this seat. That worked <laughs> really well too. <laughs> Where a boat has to drive into into the chest cavity of a sperm whale, and it's like, all right, well, what do we got for a budget for that? And it's like, do, do we put a cap on a budget for that? Stopping short of crashing a boat into an actual live sperm whale. I'd probably drop $50 million on this scene. And it's like, you're, you're, you're a little crazy. You're going too high. And it's like, can we get a sperm whale for $50 million? Can we crash a boat? Into it? Like, I just want to be in that meeting. Like, what if it's <laughs> think, dead? Is it still okay? What if it's already dead? Like, are we going to wait around like for, for one to die? Do they die? I don't even know. <laughs> All right. Get a, get a whale biologist on the phone. Let's find out how often sperm whales die. Let's see if we can get a carcass. <laughs> How much that would cost? I, I just want to be a fly on a wall in that in that producers meeting for like for figuring that out and like budgeting that out because that was probably the most CGI heavy episode of of the series. Um, I would think you know big boat chase, CGI animals, uh, you know guys rising out of the water, big explosions and stuff like that. So uh, really, really enjoyed uh, season two. You know, if I was giving season one an A. I'm I'm giving season two like uh, an A minus, you know. It's 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 just not quite what season one was. It didn't capture me in the same way season one did. But I thought it it really it, it did intrigue me for more. Although it's cliffhanger, I was kind of like it came out of left field, right? Did you feel that way? The the the, the cliffhanger ending. Did it come out of left field for you? Yeah. Well, it, it, of course it did. Of course it did. Because you know. They had one head scratching moment, the second to last episode, for an incident that happened. And they never fully answered or clarified how that happened or who did that. And and then they answered that at the very end with the cliffhanger. And it a hundred percent sets up season three and that that story. But it did come out of left field technically, and you know, it's fine. It looks like it's gonna be a fine, interesting, you know, season three. But you know, I don't know. I, I think I would have preferred a different ending, um, you know, a, a little different kind of setup. I'm not exactly sure, but this one. I also wasn't. I wasn't crazy about how the boys themselves all ended up at the end of season two because they just kind of like mentioned like uh, hey. they all went their own ways, right? No, but they just kind of mentioned like, hey, by the way, all your rap sheets are they're gone. You're not wanted anymore. You've you've not committed any crimes in the eyes of the United States government. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> that, that, that's it. <laughs> they can just return to their lives. Okay, I mean, I'm happy for them, but uh, uh, yeah, story wise, I'm not sure if that if, if that works. <laughs> I'm not sure if that tracks. <laughs> Pretty sure they did some shit, man. <laughs> yeah, I. It's just one of those things you just have to let go. Yeah, yeah, and you know some of that shit they did very publicly. But uh, I think I think uh, you know we've we've talked about the boys season two cryptically enough. I don't think it's it's kind of worth it to get into spoilers. No, uh, no, you know, just a I don't week after do that, we talked about it no. enough. Yeah. So, uh, but I'm I'm definitely happy to talk to anybody on social media who wants to discuss more about the boys season two and uh, what they're looking forward to in season three and stuff like that. We'll drop all of our social media lines at the end of the show all right jay i i know you're kind of checking out here for like the rest of the episode well we i I mean just to say we both you know caught up with and finished the long way round and the long way down series Um, and we're both on episode six which is all that's out right now of the long way through long way up Yes. So honestly, they are such a fucking joy oh, to watch. It's such a joy. I, I had no idea this is what I needed in my life. <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't know why I, I love the series so much because I think there's something appealing to two middle aged men like ourselves to just uh, jump on a motorcycle, disappear for three months, and take a whirlwind adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I literally seeing the whole world practically. You yeah. know, uh, you know, there, there, there's something, there's something interesting about that. Like, I even yes. asked my wife, I was like, would you let me do that? And she goes, how much money would you make doing it? And I was like, none. In fact, we'd probably spend a lot of money doing it. And she's like, then no, you can't do it. You and McGregor's making money going around the world and having this trip. He's the producer on the show. I was like, oh, fair enough, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, it's true. She, she makes good points. Uh, <laughs> but you know, if Super Movie Bros ever got famous enough to like to, to be able to like do something like that where we did our own travel show, fuck, that'd be dope. Oh. 
I'd be so in, so in on that. Uh, but yeah, it's just one of those things that it really just checks a lot of my boxes. And, and I definitely, you know, like to feel like I'm living vicariously through these guys and, and it become part of your, you know, internal friends. <laughs> and you just, they're just, yeah. you know, they're just such great guys. And you, and it's really awesome seeing the people of the world and all these different villages and different towns and cities, communities, and, and seeing how, you know, how they interact with them and how you know what places are doing well what places what um unicef is doing with certain areas and you know it's it's just a beautiful show and it's a lot of fun to watch with the motorcycles i'm not a motorcycle guy myself but i i I, i'm a you know road bike uh road cyclist so i i kind of get the thrill of the excitement and the adrenaline and stuff like that but um, I do feel like I, I wouldn't be able to feel very confident or comfortable on a motorbike because I'm a big motherfucker and I'm, I'm a little scared to just, you know, fall <laughs> and crash and split my head open. <laughs> I can't stress this enough. If you have seen, if you haven't seen them and you still are one of those people that has Apple TV, uh, then they're all on Apple TV right now. Yes. Check them out. All right, Jay. Uh, Big Netflix series premiered, Mike Flanagan's Haunting at Bly Manor or Bly, yeah, Bly Manor, whatever. Right. It, it, so I watched all all episodes of it. Me and Lauren binged it in one weekend as, as, we, as we do. And I got to say, I did not like it anywhere near as much as uh, Haunting on Hill House. I just, I, I, I felt Lauren? like it... Uh, Lauren liked it, but I, I, I think the same, like not, not as much. Look, there's, there's definitely things that I like and, and, and there is intriguing things about it, but it, it pales in comparison to, to the first series so much. And I, I felt this one was very melodramatic. This was essentially a gothic horror soap opera. Okay. <laughs> it's it, 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 like, like that's. And, and to me, there was just, and I don't want to like downplay it, but like there's just so many moments where like people are like just, just talking about feelings and like, don't get me wrong. I'm a person who likes to talk about my feelings. I, I, I talk about things like that, but for some reason, like when I'm watching a show that's meant to be like creepy and horrific and stuff like that, even though I know it's not like meant to be blood and gore and stuff like, but I'm, I'm still looking for like a little bit more substance there. Like I, I think really they pushed the ghost story to the side a lot this season and they really focused on their main character, which can be done well if you have an interesting main character, but I don't think our main character was interesting enough. You know, we followed a whole family the first time around. So we got into the inner workings of a family and the dynamics that are at, that are at play there. This time around, we're, we're following pretty much one person and, and the inner workings of this house and the dynamics that are there, but it, it's far less interesting. And I just got to say, it, it bored the shit out of me, ultimately. Mm. Here and, and my biggest problem is um, in in one of the one of the final episodes we get a cliffhanger. I, I won't say what it is, but you know that basically the 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 main baddie ghost catches one of our main characters and they leave it at a cliffhanger where you're like, oh shit, this person who's a main character is going to fucking die. Then the next episode they spend the entire episode on a flashback explaining that ghost's entire story. And then the episode after that is the finale, and they spend the first 10 or 15 minutes focusing on something else and not the big cliffhanger <laughs> that they left it on. And I think it was like episode seven. You can't do <laughs> so, that. Yeah, you just can't do that. It's terrible TV making. That The, the exactly. showrunner fucked it up. And I don't know if that was Flanagan or not, but... Uh, if I was... Like, if this was a week-to-week show, mm -hmm. right... And it, it, it's 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 essentially like what South Park did years ago when they're like, we're going to reveal who Cartman's father is. And it's like, oh, my God, who is it? Is it John Elway? Is it the entire defensive line of the Denver Broncos? You know, is, is it this character? Is it that character? And then they, they take like a whole like practically like a season off and then they come back. And instead of telling us who Cartman's father was, they gave us a Terrence and Phillip episode instead. And you had to wait to the next week to do it. It's essentially the same type of bait and switch. You know, your character that, that you're supposedly growing to love and care about throughout the show is in a moment of dire straits and it's a big cliffhanger. And then you give me a flashback episode and then you give me 
20 more minutes of boredom before you catch me back up with that character and whether they're going to live or die or not. And it's kind of like you, you took me out of the experience. Yeah. Yeah. It loses the continuity of it, of the whole series and the flow. Um, Look, if you, if you liked, uh, you know, Hill house, check it out. But I, I just be forewarned. I don't think it's as good. So I, I kind of want to like temper your expectations because I really went into this wanting to love it. Like I loved Hill House. Right. And, you know, th- th- and be like, I like Dr. Sleep because you and I love Dr. Sleep. That's Flanagan, man. I know. It was an A movie for me. I loved the movie. So I went in hyped, and I, I might have gotten myself burnt by doing that. But I, I still can objectively say, looking looking at it from 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 at a distance, was it subpar or was it average? Good. I mean, it was like a C, like a av average, just average, yeah. man. And I gotta say, like the last episode just fucking drags. It just fucking drags. Like like Lord of the Rings, there was like six different moments where you could have ended that shit. It just fucking kept fucking going never stopped <laughs> and even then by the time it ended it wasn't like it, 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 it didn't feel like like a horror story at all you know and i understand like they even said it, it's not a ghost story you know they kind of like tell you at the very end they're like you know you lied you told us you were going to tell us a ghost story but you told us a love story and she's like oh did i and it's like what okay. the hell is that <laughs> I don't want to, t- bitch. I came here for a ghost story. <laughs> <laughs> don't bait and switch me with your fucking soap opera bullshit. Anyway, uh, so so you know, just be forewarned when 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 you're going in to Bly Manor, RJ. Right, and then I I think I did watch a show on uh, Apple uh, on HBO Max because I have HBO Max now, and I did recommend it to you. I think you're gonna like it a lot. It's uh, Love Life with Anna Kendrick. Very interesting. Following the uh, yeah. the your your early 20s to your early 30s the 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 love life that you have uh through that and the people that you date and the connections that you make and the friends that you have and how you all change and grow up very interesting i i liked it a lot me and lauren both really really enjoyed it so if you have uh, hbo max and you haven't checked out love life 100 percent recommend and then finally jay the thing that i watched that uh i sent you the trailer for and i was trying to get you excited for it too uh, this is the one that was a a Sundance uh, selection, and it's called Save Yourselves. Okay. okay. One, two, three. Hello, this is Jack. And Sue. We are going offline for one whole week, but we will be back June 9th. We're not checking our email either, guys, and we're not kidding. Okay. Bye, world. Okay, bye, guys. Thank you. I don't have any skills. The urge to take out my phone is very strong. I've been wanting to YouTube how to make a trap to catch a rabbit so bad. Shooting star. Oh Oh my my god. God. Did that one hit the earth? What is that? Has this been here the whole time? The poof? I don't know. Probably. Oh my god. What the f? What is happening? We need to turn our phones back on. Listen, it's getting weird here in New York. Serena, hello, are you there? Well, there's some kind of alien. Very dangerous. Alien? And it follows Sue and Jack, who are two Brooklynites who are together. They live together. They're boyfriend, girlfriend, but they're not married because they're above that. Uh, (laughs) And they decide to unplug for an entire week. Mm -hmm. They're going to turn off their cell phones, not check email, close the laptops, and they're going to go up to their friend Raf's cabin. And up there, they are just going to connect with each other, connect with nature, and and, and just kind of learn what it's... What it's all about to be human. That's the idea of of disconnecting for a week. And they both struggle. They have their struggles disconnecting from from technology. But it all comes to a head when they decide to turn on their phones and surprise, surprise, an alien invasion has begun. Welcome to Earth. (laughs) 
<laughs> and they are smack dab in the middle of it, but they have zero information on how to deal with it whatsoever because they disconnected. It it is I mean, I don't know how else to put it, man. It it is extremely clever. Uh, you know, I absolutely love the meta storytelling that is going on here. The comedy is it, it's definitely a a type it's almost like a Jeremouche esque like comedy. Mm-hmm without being too boring you know um but like some of the shit that comes out of their mouths like you've definitely seen people tweeting about like yeah i can't believe like this person's like worried about this or that and stuff like that but like you know like there, there's a moment where there there's like a gun and 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 he has like like they're in the middle of an alien invasion and the boyfriend uh, who is played by john reynolds is like flipping out and he's like oh we're just gonna start using guns we're, we're fucking gun people now that that's it we're gun people now <laughs> It's like he's so upset about the idea of just using a gun. He's been so against it. And it's like, oh, circumstances, right? Like, yeah, th- it just seems like they really matters. nailed the tone of what they wanted to do. 100%. And this was a right? tricky one to pull off. And I think, I, th- yeah. I think from what I saw on the trailer, they pulled it off because it, it does there, look like a lot of charming fun. It, it really is. It's, it, it, it's a very dry witted type of comedy, but it's social commentary is so fucking on point. And that's the thing that I love of, about like these, these type of movies, you know, like I talked about extraordinary and, and where it's like, it, it really leans into the quirkiness of, of itself where it, you know, it, it allows itself to not apologize for it, but like really make that an aspect of the movie to grasp onto and enjoy. And this one, it, while being completely different, does something extremely the same. One of the nice things is like it has such a small budget, but it does it does so much with that small budget. But it it, it just does so many things right as well. Where you know y- you can't help but like both hate and love both of these characters at the same time because they're so extremist into their into their left wing ideals that like it's comedic. It's the same reason like King of the Hill is funny because. Hank Hill is so is so right winged, you know. He's so conservative. He's so he's so like reserved mm. that like it becomes hilarious uh, to a certain extent. It, it it's the opposite side of that coin here right. for this. Right. Um. I I can't. I I I loved it, dude. Like I I loved it a lot. Um. Now saying that, I will say that like that tone got a little boring, but. I, I thought they they added an element to the story at the exact right time where I was just about to get tired of these two, you know, the, these two characters of Sue and Jack. They they added the right element at the right time. The only thing that like, and, and it doesn't make me scratch my head and go like, huh, is I felt like the ending was just kind of like, okay, it's over. Like we need, we need to get out of here. So now they're in space. Oh, okay. <laughs> and now it's over. <laughs> Whoa. Is that a spoiler? <laughs> <laughs> a bit, a little bit. I don't want to spoil kind of it for anybody. Something for me, much. I'm like, whoa, wait, space, it, holy shit! It's just, it's just uh, the very, like, it's just the very end. Uh, how they get there, you don't know. Yeah, uh, but it, look, I, I liked it a lot. I can't say that it's for everybody though. Like, I knew watching this that, like, I think I sent it to Jay because I'm like, Jay's gonna like this. Jay's gonna like this a lot. Um, I'm telling some of you guys because I think this is something that that you're gonna like. You know, it, it, it's something unexpected, and you know, it kind of came out of left field for me. So I, I think it's one of those things where it's like I saw a trailer for it, and I immediately went like. I'm going to go rent this. And I did. I jumped on video on demand and I rented it for $4.99 and I didn't regret it. But I do know that some people may not love it as much as I did. I'm going to wind up giving it a B plus. Cool, man. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out sometime. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I think that's it, man. Uh, Another relaxed fit episode. We've only been going for about an hour, but... I got a lot of shit to do. Yeah, maybe next like, time I'm, it'll be a loose fit episode. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Wrangler. <laughs> yeah, Wrangler maybe. loose fit. <laughs> right. Or or like me growing up where where my mom used to like have to buy me the husky boy jeans. Ooh. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I was a I was a husky boy. I'm still a husky boy, but now like now I'm a husky man. Where it's just kind of like yeah, you're in your mid 30s. You know, you're you're kind of supposed to be fat at this point. But when I was a little boy and my mom was having to buy me husky jeans and then she was always like, how's it fit in the crotch? Is it husky <laughs> in the crotch area, David? Because we know you're husky down there. No. Oh, yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly why we need a husky fit. You know what I'm saying? 
because 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 well, my, my five year yeah, yeah, my five year old cock was uh, yeah. <laughs> was impressive. <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> but that's gonna do it for Super Movie Bros this week. Uh, if we talked about anything on the show uh, that you would like to reach out to us and discuss further, you can reach out to me on Twitter at Super Movie Pod. I'm on Facebook, Super Movie Bros Podcast on instagram super movie bros and also on twitter j underscore smb you can find jay in a lot of places um yeah you know in the arms of a woman not so much but not lately. on the internet no. on the interwebs yeah you can find them a lot of places <laughs> and of course we are part of a network part of the age of radio network so head over to ageofradio.org and you can check out all the great shows that are part of the age of radio Absolutely. network and you can also check out episodes of Super Movie Bros. We've got our own page over there. You can actually, you know, search Super Movie Bros there. Find us. Click on it. You can listen to all of our episodes. They're all right down there. Yes, they are. Check them out. And if you're really enjoying the show, please consider leaving us a five-star review. Uh, if you listen to us on iTunes, that's what really helps us grow. Leave us a five-star review. Write us a review. We'd be happy to read it on the show. Just like Press Nicole did. He said, Super. I found this podcast through the Countdown podcast, and I love it. I love being caught up on the movie news and hearing great recommendations. I have watched many movies so far because these guys gave it a good review. Excellent work, guys. Awesome. I enjoyed listening, and I indeed was born between 1980 and 1995 <laughs> because I think it was like two or three episodes ago, me and you mentioned that like you were like, the youngins listen to this. I'm like, the youngins do not listen to this shit. <laughs> No one born past the year of like, of like 1999 listens to this show. Well, so actually, she, actually, he's on your side then, I guess, technically, because I was saying I was saying that some young folks are, are also listening to us, but I could be wrong. Um, so thanks, Press Nicole. Thanks for leaving <laughs> us a five-star yes, review on iTunes, and we encourage everybody else to do so. Uh, and then, of course, Jay, we have a Patreon, so you can get more Super Movie Bros content by heading over to patreon.com slash Super Movie Bros podcast. Uh, for just one dollar a month, that's all it takes. One dollar, you get you get more me and Jay. Mm-hmm. I mean, a, a lot more Jay. Oh, uh, um, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you, if you want to hear him talk more, you got to head over there. <laughs> you want to hear, or if you want to hear less. That's of where me, Dave. Well, exactly. That's where Dave there. lets me ramble. <laughs> I do. Yeah, because you know, every now and then there's a nugget. There's a, there's a nugget, and I want to save those nuggets. Yes, I should, I I would love and charge take people me for months. them. <laughs> It would make, it would take me months to put together a compilation of like Jay's best moments because they're so few and far between. Yeah. I have to scrub through t- <laughs> like two hundred one episodes. It, it would encompass plus, only one episode after all that. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Like two hundred thirty one episodes plus all the times that me and you used to just do like reviews on their own sure. and then have like. So I think there's like two hundred seventy some episodes in total. I would have to go through all of those to find the best Jay moments and it would still only be about 10 minutes. <laughs> Thanks. I love you so much. Thank you guys for listening. Have a great one. Cheers. Cheers.